I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dane Baptiste. Questions, everything. Uh, I hope you're all enjoying the sun at time of broadcast and record. It's a podcast where myself, comedian, writer Dane Baptiste and my producer friend Howard Cohen yeah hello aka the Hizza and a mix of very special guests post the questions that need to be asked whether they're surreal whimsical existential about popular culture conspiracy theory technical or even scientific we ask anything and on today's show our very esteemed guest is an actor filmmaker TV presenter DJ and MC yeah. I've forgotten as well and he's hosted shows like The Voice Released the Hounds and authored a range of award winning documentaries for the BBC he's acted in everything from Grange Hill to Doctor Who and was also the voice of the lead character in kids show Rasta Mouse that's right he's been a prolific Radio 1 DJ and award winning <laughs> short filmmaker it is uh, my friend and a style icon as well and probably one of the best collections of crepes I have ever seen <laughs> it's Reggie Ace. yeah alright yeah. Yeah, what's good, How man? you doing, Reggie? Good, up, to Reg? be here. good to be here. That's uh, a good set. I mean, that uh, that biog, oh, that's like a mix. The mix. It's, it's, it's impressive. I think, I think I Reggie's like... one of the first people I followed on Instagram. No way. Yeah, yeah. One of the first people I followed Wait, on Instagram. I'm an idiot. Why? Yeah, yeah and, uh, because <laughs> because I, I said best best trainer collection. Thank you very much. Always well taken. Pictures well taken. A very eclectic mix of trainers. Is it the quality of the pictures that are pulling you in, or the quality? Quality of the, of the, the quality of the pictures, and also the quality of the of the trainers as well. So like <laughs> most people, I guess, when they went for like footwear, would go for mm. a typical fair, be like your Nike Airs, and some people would obviously work in their uh, prestige trainers and the Gucci's and stuff. But I think Reggie was the only person who had like a broad spectrum right. of like different types. Like probably one of the first people I think maybe the first people I even saw had like filling pieces and stuff like that. I don't well. discriminate. Yeah, I like to. <laughs> I, know, I like, like to you cater like, you for like style, style. Thank uh, you very uh, much. Style, style over, over fashion. My nephew like bought a pair of those Kanye. What are the Kanye ones? Oh, the Yeezys. Yeezys. And Which sold season? them online for like he oh, made like loads oh. of money off it. That's nephew. bigger than drugs now. Flipping, <laughs> flipping, like selling to hype yeah. beasts. Flipping, flipping clothes is the new hustle. I think you got any yeah. of those. Uh, First of all, can we deal with your nephew disgusting me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your nephew is a pariah and your nephew you know is ruining <laughs> footwear culture. <laughs> I've never met your nephew. He may be incredibly cute, but can I Benj, just say this? Don't listen to him. Benj, you're fine. Hey, Benj, 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 guess what? Fuck you, Benj. <laughs> Let's just put that out there. Um, now, I, He's I did a teenager, say, so it's fine. But yeah, he, he, he just needs to, pay, he needs to pay for a Mac. He needs a Mac for school, man. Yeah, He's no, look, I respect the resellers. Do yeah. what you're doing. It's just a shame because I come from an era where... You kind of had to have your plug. Mm. You, you you weren't sort of fighting and queuing for shoes. You just knew a guy or you travel to right. go and get shoes. You'd go to a mum and pop store in New York and you'd find something in a random back street in Harlem mm. and you'd come back and people go, oh my God, what are those? Where did you get those? When did you get those? Yeah. And it was cool. If you wanted something that no one else had, you didn't pay for it. You looked for it. Yeah. And I loved being part of that. And times change. I'm starting yeah. to sound like an old man, but it is what it is. Anyway, I did say uh, that that's impressive when you spoke about all of my credits. And the only reason I said that that's impressive is because if we sat there and thought about what we've all done yeah. in our entire lives, it would be impressive. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about that. I'm gonna, there's, there's like a long, there's like a long <laughs> period of like sad desk. <laughs> 
participate in his life. With, we don't uh, put that bit on Excel your bio, spreadsheets, Dane. yeah, and and, uh, and customer the, the bio over the last five years, Dane's pretty good. Yeah, though. pretty much the last five years, I'm good. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, anywhere between, I'd say, uh, 2003 to 2010. It's just blank. Right. Yeah. Mm. Nothing, nothing done of notes. TV. It's like I watched all of Cheers yeah, much, and, yeah. and smoked a lot of weed. That's Fair probably enough. like at least two years. I mean, I couldn't life. even roll my own spliff, so I couldn't even say I smoked weed. That's how wow. bad it was in that time. Yeah. So just me. So yeah, heavily dependent relationship, A, on a salary and then someone else being able to roll the spliff. And that's pretty sad. Yeah. So the highlights. But not now. Not, not now. now. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, the highlights between 2003, 2010 were like the end of the Sopranos, Ooh. the watching the wire. This okay, one holiday, bit of yeah, a bit of football. There were no life highlights. Is what um, you're saying. My nephew was born. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> was like, yeah. it was just yeah. cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. My nephew was born. My friend Rory was cutting my hair for a bit, so that saved me some time. It's funny you mentioned Baby but we're going off on a tangent. This is yeah, going to happen a lot. Yeah, I apologise yeah, in advance, guys. But um, my, uh, my big sister just gave birth yesterday to my oh, niece. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Unfortunately, that wasn't the reaction that the entire family had. The entire family's reaction was, baby's really white that's <laughs> what everybody said and obviously you know if you look at a newborn black child mm. that child comes out very fair yeah. and over time gets some colour right. my niece not is everyone like, will know that right, my niece yeah. looks like Mick Hucknall like she's like <laughs> ultra wow. ultra is ultra she fair dual, of dual heritage um, uh, no more than her brothers and sisters and they're ah, all like yeah. caramel oh, and okay. I don't know I don't know where that singing caramel nice, line came from smooth. smooth exactly like the caramel it's yeah, yeah, almost, like a, almost like an onomatopoeia very much so caramel I, I, I find that amazing that the you saying <laughs> that the, 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 the lightness is there <laughs> top <A> lot- <laughs> it works <laughs> why is fudge sexy <laughs> well, it depends who you well. ask that's a different podcast there we go look at that but you say the, the different uh, complexions on birth then it changes oh yeah every yeah. time right that's not something yeah. I mean I'm going to tell you you know I don't know that oh wow not, not okay my yeah. so this is, my, my hair, hair colour changed I was blonde and then it changed this oh, is yeah. this is a cultural teaching moment yeah. this yeah. is amazing yeah, nice. I was yellow early which was they down to colour not coming in and jaundice but <laughs> it does take a while yeah it takes a while for so uh, with your family then do you do the same thing that my family do which is uh, you check the fingertips to see the colour do you do that? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I, I tend, I tend to just go off of uh, grandparents and. Parents. Oh, right. <laughs> but then at the same time, with Caribbean people, you can always have a throwback, so you never know when yeah. someone's going to come up with like more Asian-looking eyes, or someone's going to have like you know brown ginger hair. hair or ginger yeah. hair. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you never know what's going to turn up, or if someone like recently, I've noticed my mom has like a blue. She has blue ring around her eyes, like they're dark brown, and she's got blue around them as well. Hmm. She a David Bowie fan. <laughs> no, not that I know of. All right, not that it's I know not a bruise, of. Bruise, is it? No, no, it's definitely a bruise. <laughs> although, she did, although she did hurt herself recently, and right. she needs to start resting herself a lot more. She's away, mom. I know you're not listening. Well, <laughs> so we can make her listen. Let's make her listen <laughs> to what to a podcast. I mean, we she can just, try. I mean, she's doing well. She's she has like two stop emojis that she uses now. Nice. You know, and which ones? Winky? Uh, Winky? No, no. It, one is it's heart and rose. She's, oh. Yeah. I mean, my mom was born in the, in the sixties, so it's nice. Yeah, it's very old school. No, no it's other nice. emojis. Just pretty much like no, no laughing and stuff. Just we should have a mum's podcast. We should get the mu- both mums on the podcast and see what happens because that would be cringing. Yeah, cringing it would be awful. Actually. Yeah, I don't know why I said terrible. That's a terrible idea. It'd be, it'd be, I mean, we want to keep this podcast candid, but not like mm, that. Yeah, okay. ca- not well, that let's candid. Let's not do that. No, not, not that do candid. That. Not like you know. Well, it's probably time about my puberty. No, oh god, journey. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, it's probably time for the first question. Then it is, game, and, and uh, that falls to our guest. Yeah, uh, it's always the guest. Yeah, guest. It's not pressure. Um, okay, so I was thinking on the way down uh, about what I'm going to ask. Mm-hmm. And I thought, all right, let's theme it. So I thought, all right, let's go nice. via the TV route. Okay. One of my favorite shows of all time, 
It's Quantum Leap. Oh, nice. Sam Beckett. I'm bowing. It's good, good choice. I mean, choice. amazing, nice. amazing TV show. And you were Scott always waiting. Oh right? boy, yeah. you were always <laughs> waiting for the show when he was going to quantum leap into a black lady. Because you <laughs> yeah. just know that episode is going to be fucking sick. Anyway, that quantum show, leap. that show was so good that the credits. Every time I watched the show, I would never fast forward the credits because yeah. the credits were so good. <laughs> the, the theme tune was so oh. good. Yeah, the theme tune was the best. <laughs> anyway anyway quantum leap amazing tv show yeah now because i'm a massive nerd and i'm a huge music nerd and i know that you love music yourself dane howard i'm learning about you as we go apparently you bonded over music so this is going to be good if you had to quantum leap into the body of any artist at any time, who would they be? When would it happen? And what would you do next? Or what would you do first? Oh, first. Oh. Is it living or dead? Living or dead. I mean, oh. the mind just boggles. That's it, a it, good question. It's a nerd question. And I'm going to tell you it's one of the reasons. It's a great question. We love, love nerd questions. Yeah, on we this love podcast. nerd questions. I'll tell you one of the reasons that's interesting to me is because there's kind of like a two pronged uh, line of thought potentially. So one line of thought would be hey, I'll go back and I'll just experience that amazing thing yeah. that that person did, right? Or the second line of thought is I'm going to go back and stop one of my heroes yes, from doing something yes, shit, yes. which is the quantum leap. But then you That's have the to, quantum leap. But then we have to go to another movie, <laughs> Back to the Future, and ask yourself, what is the butterfly effect of this? Yeah. Because if you Biff do change things, right, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, Biff is in charge. Biff is in charge, yeah. Biff is in charge. Yeah. Biff, Biff is in charge. Yeah. Biff is also in charge. And also, like, a lot of white guys think they invented rock and roll. So, yeah. <laughs> those are the two effects that those are the butterfly effects yeah. of Back to the Future. Right. That yeah. does yeah. feel very like it. That, I, that I think that second line of thought to me is the really interesting one because, yeah. you know, like some of these people, you know, you look at their careers. I mean, you know, I'm. I'm a big Bob Dylan fan and always have been. The guy spoke like right. nobody in my world anyway speaks, mm-hmm. you know, and particularly when you go back to the real core of the 60s that he had. But then it's, there's points in the 80s where you'd be like, God, if I leapt into him then, could I stop Okay. some of the disasters that he he did? But... I, I, I'm just a massive child. So whenever I hear a man say, when I leapt into him, my instinct <laughs> is to call you out. <laughs> Uh, and, and, it's all in a cell no but the thing is I will make jokes uh, constantly if you say anything yeah, remotely yeah. I leapt into him well, you know Sam <laughs> Beckett got away with it yeah I'm just a, a massive child but well, I, I like just to wanted add, to make I'd like to add to that caveat by if someone does choose to leap onto anybody else as long as the uh, exchange is consenting consenting, consenting leaping leap, leap, leap away leap on whoever you want yeah, yeah, yeah. leap straight yeah, in yeah. Yeah. that's clear if I oh God Dane where are you where's your mind going with this I had instincts where are your instincts I had two um, but they are based on, like the uh, based on the, the the latter of in terms of like maybe mm. trying to prevent something. But I guess if I have to, I have to choose one. <laughs> I will go with. I'm going with Kanye. Oh, but what would you change? Because there's so much. Exactly. There's so, so much that went wrong. I mean, think about it. If you w- prevented him from having the car crash, there would be no Kanye West. Exactly. Because there would be no through oh, no, the wire. I, I want to do and that. There'd be nothing else. Exactly. But I wouldn't go that. I would. I would. I, I say that because at the forefront of my mind, MTV is uh, the more most recent uh, TMZ 
uh, interviews oh, and, and the tweets. I, I could argue that if you stopped him from going to the MTV Awards or took away that bottle of Jack Daniels, oh. he might not have done the Taylor Swift yeah. thing, which is the beginning of what's happening now. Mm. Or, or, it's a but, journey. But yeah, it's the beginning a journey. of a journey. Or then, or then it could have just been further repression and then that could have manifested anywhere else. Mm. I mean, I feel the Taylor Swift thing, controversial, yes. But I'm only focusing on the uh, slavery was a choice uh, statement. statement because right. I just feel that fair enough in terms of the idea about saying what you think and, and maybe the, the ways of articulation. There's a lot of uh, detractors and people that maybe support his statements. That's fine. However, for me, I just think it's at a time now where we are seeing a resurgence of ultra nationalism and quasi fascism and, you know, white supremacy. Mm. What all you're doing then is just validating that narrative Ooh. and those subsequent actions. And I think for somebody who threw through the wire, who made a declaration about, you know, the fact that he wants to tell the story of when black came to glory, what they need to do in the game or in a never let me down. Also refer to the fact that his mother was arrested for the, the sittings sins, yeah. and for that he would be born to be different to so now renege on that. I just think it's just unconscionable. So, for me, I will just go back and just, yeah, write what I consider to be massive wrongs. Well, that was a much serious, much more serious answer than I was hoping. Yeah, no, no. We, we, but it's a good answer. Go. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, because I, I obviously there's loads of things I would, I would maybe prefer to do. Like I could have been like Uncle Luke at the height of his fame, mm. you know, with the rest of the two live crew. And that would have been very, very fun. <laughs> but um, I think, yeah, just for the sake, just for the sake. And also because like, you know, again, it's, it's because like, aside from even that massive gaffe or faux pas that Kanye made, again, it's someone who I looked up to, which probably mm. I took mm. a lot more very much looked up to this person and in terms of his work to, uh, you know, change the sound of hip hop and, you know, bridge the gap between certain subgenres of hip hop. I think that can be even more, could have been even more effective in terms of like what he was saying. Do you know what it is? I think in our lifetime, we've never had a chance to watch one of our heroes fall in yeah. the way that he is fallen. And yeah. when I say heroes, I mean, I'll speak for myself here. I won't speak for you, Dane, or anyone else. Mm. And that is that I felt such an affinity to this man and his message. Me completely, completely. George Bush doesn't care about black people. The balls that must have taken. Yeah. The balls it live must have taken. Live on television. Live on television, Stood yeah, next yeah. to a gawping Mike Myers. Yeah. The balls it must have taken to say, oh, okay, I've arguably released one of the best hip hop albums of my generation. Now I'm going to sing through autotune. What? Mm. Why are you yeah. going to do that for an album? You're yeah, going to make yeah, a yeah. you're going to make an emo black rec what? <laughs> yeah. You're going to do that and then change the game and birth a Drake off the back of 808s yeah, and yeah. heartbreak. Be a, a Drake and a Travis Scott and then change the sound. Just change the sound. Change the sound. And, and, like, and, just, and not just that, just the aesthetic of hip hop as well. You know, reintroducing like more fitted jeans and stuff like that, which meant there was and you know appearing on a song with Estelle, which meant there was an affinity yeah. between maybe before even Drake kind of kind of yeah, had, like, that the bridge, yeah, yeah. to the British show, kind of that affinity and you know. Even referencing brands like and and then like you know allowing for acts like Childish Gambino and um he's the know, father of all of those yeah, guys. yeah and and Chance the Rapper and like you know so yeah he's he's the father of all those guys so not just you know even allowing someone like Twister to cross over and stuff like the list of like achievements that Kanye's his did, body so of work Lee. is except like unbelievable yeah. and yeah. I think yeah. that a lot of the abuse he gets uh, on you know for whatever he says and whatever he does not everyone appreciates that body of work. Some people will just know him because he married Kim, and mm. you know some people yeah. won't have that reference that yeah. we all do. But when you when you it's like you say, if he hadn't if he had no decent material, mm. if, his, if your albums hadn't been like, geez, some of those albums are just phenomenal. You just think, God, you've let you, you let your work down, yeah. haven't you? That's yeah. what you're saying, it's basically. Damaging you let your work the legacy. Yeah, That's yeah, my yeah, issue yeah, with yeah, it. Exactly, yeah. He is basically staining the legacy that so many of us 
uh, feel so connected to. Yeah. And I don't know, it's really difficult for me as it's such probably, a it's probably one of the first. It's probably one of the first times I've really had to scrutinise somebody and think, can I separate this person's uh, narrative or... Art from the or, artist. Uh, the art from the artist. And can I, you? I don't think I can in this instance. I don't I don't think I can, like I said, because I, everyone, I, there are several artists that I probably look up to or enjoy their uh, create, creations that um, have some done some things that are morally, morally objectionable. But More like the Woody Allen of this world. Well, I mean, not a big fan of Woody Allen, but I guess it would be historically, like, I suppose, uh, even like us, uh, Tupac, or mm. like even Nas, if there'd be an allegation regarding Nas in terms of like domestic violence. Or How about Louis C.K. as a comedian? Even Yeah, again. How do you feel about him? Because um, he's he's the godfather. I love Louis C.K. I mean, yeah. Louis- I don't know how I feel about him anymore. Yeah, well, it's, for me, it's like, again, I'm like, you know, it, it's tough on, but it's like, you know, again, massively influential. Mm. I would safely say probably one of the reasons I do comedy. Bill but, Cosby, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Bill Cosby the list as well. You know, is someone, someone else, long. someone else again who would like the, aesthetically what they created. The affinity I had with that, it was like you're validating an aspect of my existence yeah. and made me feel less alone. But for me, it's like I can't, I can't forgive them. I, I, there's a, uh, so many, it's, 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 for so many reasons. Like, it's not a question of forgiving them, but I mean, I can if I, I even if I do separate their uh, art from themselves as artists. They, uh, for me, they still have to deal with the, rep- uh, the repercussions because but it's a know. slippery slope. Yeah, because be if we start to chastise people for what they've done mm. away from their art, yeah. there's not going to be a lot of art left. Because True. when you think about some of your favorite creatives, they're the most twisted people. Oh, easily, ever. and that's absolutely fine. I don't mind even how twisted they can be. Do you know what it is? Rachel? It's got me feel, making an excuse for yeah, it, by no, the way. I'm just you know playing I, devil's I advocate. Like, I feel what it is is that it's like yeah, they they have to do very twisted stuff. But for me, I suppose it's. It's the point of if you're what you're doing is at the expense of other people. Right. Maybe that's probably what it is. So you can say yep. outlandish stuff, you can binge, you can like someone like Amy Winehouse, for example, I'd be like, or even, you know, Whitney Houston. Mm. For me, it's like you smoke all the crack you want, as far as I'm concerned, because of what you've done. I don't know how you're it's able a waste to rationalize of the talent, but it's not it's a, affecting I mean, people in the same, the same way that you're describing. But then at the same time, it's like, you know, when it comes to talent and it comes to creativity, it's like Bill Hicks is somebody mm. who is kind of praised by comedians. But for me, it's like, you know, I don't necessarily feel like his passing was tragic because so far as I'm concerned, where you got with your observations and how keen they became, there's no more you need to do. Like sometimes yeah. it's like, you know, you can create something that's sublime to the point where you didn't really need to do anything else. Mm. You may only continue for you to But it's decline. interesting because, you, because I think there's always going to be a, a personal take. So like, and I hate to bring up MJ because I know it's a mm. very controversial subject because many people will not accept that obviously there were some serious things that went on when he was alive. Whether you, you know, we all know the facts or anything doesn't really... Facts are hate do that shit, Howard. That's facts. <laughs> but that's what, obviously, a lot of people are going to say, and there's a lot of, obviously, evidence to suggest otherwise, but there's no way of really saying that for 100% sure right now. Sounds like you sit the Jesus just, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think, you know, that's a really good example, no? Like, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you line up what people said about what he did, it is just unbelievable. Terrific. But then, you know what? Put Billy Jean, those first drum beats on Billy Jean, <laughs> and you know what? If you if you grew up with that, like I guess we all did, right? Yeah, yeah. We all grew up. Exactly. I was I was at the I was at the fucking Thriller tour, Wembley Arena. <gasps> My dad got free tickets from oh, some client he had, and like amazing. it was like incredible. You know, that's like that nostalgia yeah. means that you will always have oh, uh, course, a disclaimer yeah, yeah. because it's part of it's part of what made you but you. Is you know? it okay though? Well, that's another question. But, but, that's but, but, a tough but, one. I mean, if you're talking about the unique case of Michael Jackson, I don't know how okay it is because. There was nothing proven, and uh, George, and, George, <laughs> and that's and, what I'm sticking to. I'm just saying, yeah. Gavin Arviso is still alive, even yeah. though he was supposed to have terminal cancer and go and see Michael Jackson on that basis. And Jolie Chandler divorced from his parents after making accusations against Michael Jackson. Yeah, and also for me, parents who take settlements for their kids, putting a price on your child's innocence. I'm just, mm. 
But that's mainly in the case of Michael Jackson. Yeah, but the, you're not. You're, you're, yeah, you're not wrong there. There's no. There's, you know, when, unless it's the convicted thing, but it's, you can't, it's proven yeah. and convicted. But yeah, well, but yourself is, actually, Reg, we haven't asked yourself. What, my quantum leap moment. Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> do you know what I'd do? I'd quantum leap into, in an incredibly heterosexual way, uh, <laughs> common. Ooh. Cool. Interesting. Uh, and it, I would be common on the night he met Erica Badu. Mm. and I'd walk the other way. <gasps> Whoa. Because Erica Badu is responsible for Electric Circus, which oh. is arguably Common's worst album. <laughs> <laughs> Common, a, Common changed the way... It's a niche way, leap. It's a niche leap. the way he dressed. He That's changed true, yeah. his music. He changed everything. If it wasn't for our hamster-looking friend, Mr. West, who brought him back with the B album... This is true, yeah, yeah. That album's a great album. We'd be crying tears about what happened to Lonnie. Yeah, it would be a How can you go from yeah. Can I Borrow a Dollar to that trash album, Electric Circus, <laughs> that should have been so much better? Mm, yeah. So, Erica, I love you. I love you. You're the best. You're amazing. She is the best. She's raising an army. Of rapper rap rap kids, yeah, of creatives, of legendary creatives. I wow. think, I think, yeah, she's definitely raising a revolutionary army. So, it's, but yeah, every man that she meets goes nuts. Look wow. what happened to Andre. Look yeah. what happened to Jay Electronica. Yeah, look what happened wow. to Common. That, and also, I mean, that's the track really. history of music. Was she also, that's quite was a big also thing, with really. M? The, um, was it M One from Dead Prez? That's the other one. Yeah, you yeah, see, she got a baby from him too. She got a yeah. youth from all of them. Raising revolutionaries. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's obviously that. there's obviously like a grander scheme for Erica Badu. Yeah, like she's there is. picking the wickedest starting yeah. five. Yeah, but she's she is, growing yeah. the yeah. wickedest starting she's five. She's too much yeah. for one guy, right? That's what you're saying. See, this is it. You know, she's see, too much. Too much. It's hard for yeah. It wasn't nice to see what happened to Common, but I think I think yeah. There's something magnetic about Erica Badu. He's out of the koofies now. He's not wearing weird pants, yoga pants. Anymore. He's back on, he's back in the game. Back won in himself game. an Oscar. There you go. Yeah, wow. so that's what happens when you leave. <laughs> that's it. That B album's again. great. Now I love that. That's it's a great. That's a classic. That's, that that is album. summer perfect summer cycling sound. I think it's me. an underrated classic. Like I, I think if you go back to it now, you realize how beautiful it is, and it's almost like three people at their apex. It's Kanye, mm. Jay Dilla, and Common at their apex. Yeah. Like yeah. that intro record B is one of the most beautiful records in hip hop. The way the first track. Builds up, right? Doom, really doom. beautiful, Crazy. like real Come big. On, he build. got a few of those because even Finding Forever was a ridiculous. Yeah, as well. Some yeah, nice yeah. moments on mm. that too. Yeah, We've had two very different ones there. Mine would be, I think I'm going to go back and save someone who died too young. Mm. I think because there's a lot of famous, great mm. musicians. So if I'm going to leap into someone, I'm going to leap in and I'm going to go. You need to change that thing, and it's mm. hard to pick that because there's a lot of choices. Oh, Kurt Cobain. The, the, the 22 club. I'm not yeah, sure yeah. you could ever have saved Kurt Cobain, really. Yeah. Um, 27 was, club, wasn't it? Was the one? Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah 27. Yeah. 22 more rapperish. Yeah, <laughs> <Chicago> <laughs> rapper-ish, <I think. laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I was just thinking about would I have saved John Lennon? I mean, John Lennon did a lot with his life before he, and maybe some of his music and <laughs> yeah. attitudes are questionable. So I'm not sure if he's the right guy to save. Mm. I think I might have saved Hendrix. I think I might yeah. le- leap into Jimi Hendrix. And say, listen, we need you. Th- yeah. This music, what you're doing for these... Because how many years was it? It wasn't that long, was it? It's like a few-year period where that he guy... Was, he was 27 when he passed. Yeah. Mm. And, like, uh, I can't... The, 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 oh, you experienced the Stars that, and Stripe thing yeah, yeah. happened not that long before he passed away. Right. I think he only had, like, four or five years at the time. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's a remarkable thing to think that is one of the most recognisable names in the history of music, and he did it in five or six years. Mm-hmm. We'll check. Yeah. We'll confirm. But it was... 
I just think that, God, sometimes you think we've lost people. Where, 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 could we still be having him now? Like, mm. you look at someone like B.B. King, who I know obviously passed away deep. It's quite a, a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, quite recently, but he yeah. had like that period where he was, he was still going to entertain crowds. He did Glastonbury one mm. year and he was, no. he was brilliant and they still all loved it. Him. But you think like, that should have been Hendrix, no? Yeah. That should have been Hendrix. Like, are, you sw- are, you, are, you, are, you, are you committing BB to the grave for Hendrix? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Swap well, them out. Yeah. <laughs> Might have been a bit harsh. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, a bit dark, bro. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Hendrix was a, a unique guy. I was listening to him on the way here, actually. And it's like that that sound that he did was so... I don't know if you were ever... You know, because yeah, it was I'm a big, big, thing, big yeah. thing for me as a kid. Like, something about the way he played, no? What, what, just, just like it wasn't rehearsed, right? Or... He never. It didn't feel like it was rehearsed. It didn't feel like it was. It felt like jazz. Yeah, there you go. Guitar. That's, a great That's way. what it felt like. Yeah. It felt like he was in his element, and what happened was happening in the moment, and it would never happen again. It's mm. a new incredible sound, yeah. and then and then kind of birthed a new sound. Yeah, straight up. Do you, I mean, there's. Do you do you think there's people like that around today? What the uh, a change in the way that we see music? I think so. I mean, I would give. It's gonna sound like a reach for some people, but like, I think like Wiley did that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. He created a genre. Yeah, yeah, Created sure. a sound. Like, They're oh, making man. a movie about him, aren't they? They are. So they should. That might be somebody I'd leap. But then just, but then again, it's like, I don't know, but then at the same There's time, because I know he's, he obviously he's, he's, he's had uh, his temperament and stuff. But then at the same time, I mean, Wiley's still with us and that's maybe that his, his uh, crests and troughs have been, you know, his artistic journey himself, yeah. man. Like, Before we move on to next question, favourite Quantum Leap episode? I can't remember one. What? There's a one. Isn't there one when he actually becomes a black guy? Is it black, definitely a black yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A black woman one. Yeah, yeah. I think and that she, might be my favorite. She was she a waitress in a cafe, like in a in a cafe, like a one of those American diners. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I remember him looking in the mirror. It was always him in the mirror. Oh yeah. boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. I was gonna say whoa, but yeah. that was Joey from another. That wasn't Joey from Friends. That was what's his name? Wait, I Blossom. Oh. Blossom's yeah, yeah, big brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Joey, Joey, yeah, yeah it was Joey. Joey, yeah, yeah, Joey. Yeah, but his was oh boy. Yeah, wicked catchphrase. Joey, yeah, Joey yeah. Lawrence. Do you have a catchphrase? Do I have a catchphrase? Yeah, no. like as a stand-up, do you not have like a thing that people say to you in the street? No, uh, no. I think I think it's uh, I probably have more like bad habits of saying okay, which I probably subconsciously picked up by from Chris Rock. When right. I don't know when I'm going through new material. Okay. But yeah, no catchphrases as of yet. Yeah, catchphrase, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. But like I said, the reason why I don't know if I want a catchphrase is do I want some people shouting stuff to me in the street? Is it weird that I have a catchphrase? No. In my like in my family life. No, that's nice. So it's, no, it's not nice. It's <laughs> embarrassing because uh, for a long time I've always I wanted to be a dad. Right. I'm not ready to. I'm a child. Yeah. But I love the idea of having like an in-house catchphrase. Your yeah. listeners are probably thinking this guy's a fucking <laughs> moron. But there's a thing that I say because I was, I was living with my sister for a little while while I was renovating my place and. I started saying this thing around the kids and then they started saying I was like that's a catchphrase (laughs) that's like an an amazing dad thing that's really embarrassing that no one else is going to say yeah but it's really dumb and I'm really annoyed that I've started saying this now because now I've got to say it it. of course you do tell me this isn't the worst slash best catchphrase ever Ube dube dube. Oh my god! So I'd be coming out. I'd be coming out of the toilet. Is that public right? knowledge is that public knowledge? It is now. There you go. So I'm at my sister's house. I'm coming out of the toilet. I've just done a huge deuce, and yeah. my nephew's about to go. And he opens the door. He goes, "Oh my god!" And I go, "Ube dube dube," and I go down the stairs. And then he starts like farting in his Beautiful. hand, blowing at his sister, doing a little fart dart, and she goes, "Oh my god!" He's like, "Ube dube dube," and then runs away. That's good. That's a lot the of power. best, right? That's a good one. Uh, it's a good, good catchphrase, right? Good. As long yeah, as you yeah. can live with it for the rest of your life, then it's. Fine. I'm game. Uber um, dooba 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 dooba. Should we see if I we like can it. start that? That might be a whole new thing. I like it. I think that's the name I of the mean, episode, isn't it? My social catchphrase, I think, is at the end of the day. 
Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. It's a good yeah. one. Okay. And it's, just, and it's just a mumble. At the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> my, my attempts at always dovetail debate. Nice. <laughs> yeah. mm, Not so you can beat old boy. No. That that is no. still oh, quantum oh leap. Oh, that is like t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that is it's a bit Cosby though. Yeah. Isn't I was about it? to say. Yeah. It's a bit Cosby. Who knows what that's prefacing? Yeah. That was that was a good question. Great. We like that question a lot. It's very hypothetical. Think. Keep it loose. I'm going to bring it back with my question is something much more trivial go on stupid you know minutia with me Dane I apologise in advance this might be the first dead end question <laughs> that we ever have on this it's show open end is, will be fine yeah okay I've been thinking about it a lot <laughs> are you are you a happy nude okay because oh. are you comfortable are you a comfortable naked guy I air dry you air most dry most days you're super nude happy if I have time nude. The boys are getting some breeze. So you're, a nude, wow. you're a nudist, really. You're nature- I'm a nudist. Naturist, I'm a naturist is, that yeah. doesn't like to be around other naked people. Right. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. so I enjoy being naked in, in my house In your alone. own privacy. Ah, so I a, love a, it. A hermit. I like to sit and watch the TV mm. with my legs arrogantly wide. Free bowling. Just letting it happen. Just free bowling. I think you can tell a lot about people from this. It's an interesting mm. social thing. My wife is very happy to be naked. Mm. All just doesn't really... Good for her. You know, she'll wander around and I'll be like, "What's where's your clothes? And she'll be like, oh, I just don't even need them. And I'm like, oh, this is very distracting. Uh, yeah. If I'm honest, you know, I can't really concentrate on whatever we're doing. Do you, you know, know what you should have said to her? I should have said something romantic. And, no. Oh, you know, right. You uh, should have said, Ube dube dube. Ube dube boobies. Only to your wife, though. That's... Uh, That's a key point yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, it works in everyone's situation. She takes the piss out of me. I'm not comfortable naked. It's not a thing for me. It never has been. I'm uncomfortable. You know, if I change from my pajamas <laughs> to my clothes, you yeah. know, it's a quick. Do you sleep it's in a quick, like layers of garments? No, like, you no, just lots? shorts, just shorts and a t-shirt. Nothing nice. major. Even but a t-shirt in this weather. Uh, it's temperature depending on. I've got a lot of windows yeah. open. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, so like, but so if I change from the you know my pajamas to my you know, pants, I'm like, it's a quick switch. Mm. It's a quick switch because I'm not, I'm not letting it all hang out like no, you, you are. Gotta let it hang and out, I don't man. know, I don't know if there's something wrong with me. It's the way God wanted it, man. Yeah. Are you, Myself, um, are you a comfortable dude? Mm. Or is it something that's not kind of, I think it, it varies. Right. I think, I'm, On what? Well, <laughs> weather, weather, yes. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Weather, right. if, you, if you've had a trim, if I've had a trim, who's around? <laughs> so I'm like the same. There's some I have. I'll have some 
periods where I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's a free bowling. Mm. And then other times where, depending on the, the lighting in the mirror, I'm like, no. Depending on the lighting. That's <laughs> very true. And, then, and also, like, if your partner, I might be comfortable in that respect because I want to encourage the same behavior and be, have it reciprocated. But for the... But then, like, yeah, things like changing rooms and stuff, I'm just like... Well, that's where I think it might come yeah. from. I, I kind of been looking back on my life and trying to work out why am I this person. Did you have a shower incident? Well, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing serious that requires reporting to the right. headmaster or anything, but yeah. the... Uh, I just hated that scenario. Like, hated it. Like, just so interesting. Showering in front of the, with all the guys. Yeah, also, like, me, I was a late bloomer as well, so it was kind of like, why do I have the body of a child and there's all these other men here? That's... Right. That's, that's making me massively insecure. It's <laughs> <laughs> trying to like, ah, oh, just catch some water in these trunks. Don't need anyone exactly to see my junk. Are. That's okay. You know. See, I had this debate with myself recently and I realised, just get over it and be fine, man. Grow the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So I started going to um, a hit class on weekends, but it was like a, you know, hit workout, right, right. high intensity right. interval training thing, right? But P-Mac? It, yeah, there you go. That's yeah. my boy, my, my PT. Yeah, he runs yeah. his class. So we do it in a Bikram yoga, yoga studio. Nice. So it's like 40 degrees in there, cool. but you're doing like 30 second exercise, seven second rest, 30 second exercise, seven second rest for 30 minutes. It's ridiculous. So afterwards, we all go to the showers. And downstairs... There's like suddenly at once 20 guys, well, that's a lie. In our class, it's mainly women. So it's about 10 guys all in the changing room. Mm. And P straight in the shower, the PT. He's like carved from marble. Sorry, say this again. He's pissed in the... He, he, no, his he, name is P. That's his oh, nickname. Okay. He doesn't say, do the if he's, if he's pissing <laughs> yeah, in the shower, just, this just is... Just in the shower, pissing on people, going, say too something. Too far with naturist. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... Uh, going way too far. Too far. Yeah. But yeah, he he's straight in the shower, balls out, not a thought. Right. And it took me like three weeks before I was like... <laughs> fuck it, I'm just going right, to do the same thing right. as well. And there was that sort of weird hang-up thing. And I think as men, hmm. particularly someone like myself who went to a normal state school, right. you know, you're not staying over with guys. I never was in the football team. There was never the culture yeah. to share my nudity with my, yeah. my peers in my teens. Yeah. I think it's just as a man, I've now got to the point where I'm like, do you know what? Hmm. If it's smaller than everyone else, sod it. Yeah. This is what I got. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Yeah. But I think I, is it, I've, I've thought about it a lot because, like, I say, you know, married this, my, married Nudist. my wife, my married my wife, <laughs> and then you kind of spot, oh, this is a, this is a difference. And then if we make a human uh, offspring, you know, we're gonna have to, you know, decide, <laughs> and it, she'll be perfectly comfortable with being naked all the time, and mm. I'll be like, put some clothes on that child, will you? I've got skin to skin, mate. So the yeah. kids, the kids got learned how to bond. So. It's, it's, Gonna have, to, gonna have to accept it. Is that I'm how you guys bonded? It. Skin to skin? <laughs> Us? No, no, we're, we're, both, no. we're both anti. Like, I'm fine if, if there's another person there. Like, I don't even, if I'm in the green room, I feel self conscious about even using the toilet with other people around me. Oh, really? Yeah, mm. I'll just go and use the, the, the punters' toilets because I feel self conscious. So. See, I, I don't give a damn. Mm. You would go anywhere. Uh, yeah, well, I uh, see. I was having this conversation with a friend uh, just the other day, my friend Bubba. Oh, sorry, I've named Chichi now. Sorry, Bubba. He doesn't <laughs> like to like do a number two anywhere apart from his own toilet. Ah. And that can be problematic. Person, so, like, yeah. he will like leave a festival and go back to the hotel. Ooh, like that's Bubba. Man, Bubba sounds sounds like he knows what he's talking about. But he, <laughs> but he now has started to get over it and find like he will seek out nice toilets and do it. That's and I used to be exactly the same. Mm. Uh, until I nearly shit myself and I was like no I'm not going to know I'm not, no I'm not going to do this to myself oh, now, I don't go that far Reggie. now, I, now I don't care I raw dog like I don't even use you know they give you like those, those yeah, yeah, yeah. they give you the little round paper thing nah like, I'm raw dogging festival is yeah, like, a tough situation Kevlar, Kevlar butt cheeks yeah, like, oh, well, I'm just going are for you, it are you going to like the, the uh, civilian toilets or are you like artist no toilets? I mean there, there is a line yeah that's exactly I mean I'm not exactly going like, I'm not raw dogging a port loop no, yeah, I'm definitely yeah, hovering yeah, if I need to because I've yeah port. this is the thing like I've gone to artist toilets and outside portaloos and I've, I've kind of sucked up like glastonbury for example they have uh compost toilets 
Nah, I'm alright, no. bro. And uh, yeah, nah. it's, it's, see, this is what I'm saying. I've been like, glassed a bunch of times, but I ain't using have, those toilets. They have compost toilets, and it's like how I don't know about the rest of you, but it's very hard to walk into a toilet and not look down. Yeah, no, I feel and I, and then I'm so scared. You learn. See, you yeah, learn. It. You yeah, yo, you definitely learn because I know if I look down, I'm going to see something that's going to scar me for life. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, can't, I can't handle. Oh, it. I remember. You're going to see well. a come down poo. Yeah, right. And just <laughs> and I've, oh, and I've heard such things. You could put a canoe in some of those latrines. That it is a it's a sight. I remember doing another festival where I had to use a portaloo and it would and it was as hot as it is now and it was like going to toilet in a, in a, in a, in a tin of beans it was, just, it, was just, it was just the worst and then and then there were thunderstorms and then the guys that were cleaning it like the sanitation truck they come in and they, like the toilet rolls on the side of the, of the portaloo and the guy's not even looking he's just like I'm spraying everything I do not care and, I, and I, you can't be like hey take some pride in your job because look at his job I'm like who am I to ask him anything yeah you know he's that's like, a hard job as well yeah I mean those guys who turn up there hard job. I think it's very well festival. paid but I can't stress enough especially in this type of weather, how much I salute and respect anybody that works in sanitation. Mm. This time of year, if you, not, work, yeah. if you work in sewage works or you work in refuse collection, like to me, you are the angels. Heroes. You're the, you are the heroes. I'm probably more scared of having to deal with public toilets and the state of them than I am about being naked. So if right, I had a choice okay, between being naked or using a public toilet, I'd, Have I'd, you got some go-to London public toilets that you know you're trapped? I'm going to tell, tell these losers. <laughs> I, I don't share my thrones. Yeah. yeah, yeah I share, I've got exactly. some secret, some good ones. Yeah, keep them secret, man. You've yeah. got them. Yeah. Soho's got some... But anyway, we're not nice, going to... Nice, wanna, nice, nice. Right, okay, wanna... I'll, I'll leak one. Yeah, yeah, go on. Selfridges. Oh. Very good toilets. Very good Lots toilets. of stools if you need to drop Lots a deuce. Lots of stools. Very good toilets. Yeah. And also the overarching... Uh, pretentiousness where you're like I'm so rich I just took a poo <laughs> because I'm rich and, they, and nice. everyone thinks well he must be rich who else would have the audacity to take a dump and then leave Selfridges mm. nobody would do that I'll tell you some very convenient toilets is the uh, Soho Curzon Cinema that is oh. a very downstairs to the basement no oh. one's going to give you any, get a little coffee on the way back up you know oh, yeah because then, then you're a customer movement yeah, yeah, yeah. So, just nice you know check out the films nice atmosphere in mm. there these are my tips Good. I'm not sharing mine. <laughs> like you guys are better than me for sharing yours. I ain't sharing yeah. mine. I don't want Dane Baptiste leftovers. <laughs> oh in no, my I, want, I, want, I want to know that my favorite bowl. Uh, Mr. Yates, I pay it forward. I leave every toilet in the condition I found it in. I want you to know. You, that. I, I bet you are a good. Actually, oh god, yeah. Of Dane's ridiculous. Oh like yeah, because I want to find it. That's the way I'd want to find it. So mm. that's one time where it's definitely about reciprocity when it comes to using public toilets. Okay. And anybody who doesn't do that. You're everything that's wrong with the world. You're like mm. someone that parks across three parking spaces. We're slipping into uh, very childish territory here, but fuck it, we, <laughs> we started, so why not? Have you ever heard of the term chippers? Chippers? Like being a chipper. Go on. It's in the same genre. Uh, oh, we're we're yeah. operating in the same lane here. It's a toilet-related thing. Right. So as a man, if you go to the toilet mm. and there is a skid mark, yeah. Yeah. do you... <laughs> do you use your own skills to remove that? Do you see it as a game? to get rid no, of said no. skid mark before your flu runs out. That's not a game. Out. That's my obligation as a oh, civil servant. Dane is You're a, a chipper, I mean, right? Oh, hell yeah. High five that hell shit, yeah. my I chipper mean, brother. I mean, I went with just like toilet fireman, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just... Uh, You're wiping I'm, up other people's... Someone's no, no, got to no, no, do no, it, no. man. Like, you know... No, hang on. You're not wiping anything here. <laughs> No, you're you're winning a game. You're winning a game, and you're disposing. You're What's making. The game? What's you're the making prize? that place. The prize is that you make that place safer and more more accommodating Safe. to somebody else. It's another man point, is what it is. Yeah. Right. That's another the, man that's point. The prize. That's it. Fucking hell. Some, like, some jobs like are thankless. You yeah. know. It's like I've cleaned up 
with my own waste. Yeah. Right, wow. Well, I don't feel like I've overcome my nudity problems, but I've learned a lot about toilets. There you go. So that's something, you know. Time for the next question? Time for the next question. It's time for Dane's Coming question. You, Reggie. Mm. All right, so at the start of the show, as you know, we listed uh, a number of your, the plethora of achievements that you had throughout your illustrious career, which we've all enjoyed watching. So my question is, <laughs> as someone who's still aspiring to reach uh, such uh, equivalent heights um, and live the dream, is there any point in your career you've been like, yeah, this is, I've, I've made it? No. In a word. Oh. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of like at point maybe three of 10. Oh, cool. That's I've got a long way to go. And um, don't get me wrong. I'm incredibly appreciative of everything that I've done. And I've had so much fun along the way. But yeah, I'm still a young guy. Yeah, for sure. And I've been doing it for a long time now. Um, this, I think, is my 28th year in on screen. And it's a career. You yeah. know, I'm nearly at three, I'm virtually at three decades on nice. screen. And I love what I do. But where it's headed is it's quite a way away. And mm -hmm. I've still got a lot to do. And I like the fact that I'm working in the right way and walking in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm proud of what I've done. But I don't think any of it at any point has been me going yeah i'm there now and partially that's because i started mad young i started when i was eight years old mm. and my um my mum sort of had this technique to stop me from getting a big head mm -hmm. which was to basically undercut any celebration mm -hmm. or any sort of pats on the back with <coughs> real life so for instance i'd come home from film and i'd be like mom i interviewed the spice girls today it was amazing to me like 12 years old mm. like oh it was the most most fun mom like mel b like it was a second ever interview and she said to me that i was great and oh mom i can't believe it. she's like oh that's really really good son well done now go and do the washing up <laughs> <laughs> and you just kind of go oh yeah, yeah of oh yeah, yeah. I'm, still, I'm still a little Ghanaian boy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i gotta wash up yeah, and then i gotta dry the plates and go yeah, to bed and, do told. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. i gotta do as i'm told and because i was raised in that environment um, I was never allowed to feel that I was better than or that I was, you know, there yet. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it's part of that working class burden that I will continue to always work because I'm scared the money's going to run out oh, me and too. the work's oh, going to yeah. dry up. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I still feel like I've got a long way to go, but I definitely haven't at any point gone, yeah, time to get myself on an island and not do any more. Yeah, yeah, also, so I think that the, the, the kind of stuff you've done in your life, is a lot of variety. Yes. So you must have, uh, as you, you know, change age mm. and grow, you know. It's that's a nice way to put getting older. <laughs> change age. Yeah, well, it's change true, though, no, because that's all it really is. I mean, change some of the best age. people we ever know uh, do green. things that they like, you know, you know, comedians who started like Bishop. Bishop oh, yeah. started at like, what did he start? Like approaching 40 when he started stand up, right? Yeah, and, of course. Yeah. And, and uh, you know. Frank Skinner as well. Yeah, yeah. Some of these guys. Mm. Samuel Jackson, I think, we started uh, acting when he was like, what the? I like, know that. Uh, I but, uh, yeah. But there's some really, but it, your career as lots of, you know, DJ, press enter, but you, you've obviously got loads of different interests. Like yeah. the, the doc stuff came a lot after a yeah. lot of what people would have known you for, right? Yeah, but yeah, that's completely. obviously something that was a passion. Yeah. And the next stage of my career is being a director and being a writer. And that's something mm. that people don't really know that I do. And uh, as someone who's been writing for years quietly and, you know, being scared of sharing my work because I was scared that people would think it was like an ego play. Yeah. You know, the, the guy on screen who wants to be known for being smarter than just some mouthpiece for somebody else's ideas. I'm actually genuinely interested in it. And I think because I've spent so long mm. doing it quietly, I'm actually not crap at it anymore mm. i was in the beginning but i'm a lot better hey, and 10 thousand hour rule right yeah and i've definitely done that and then some as a, as a writer and now as a director so yeah now i'm ready to shout about it mm. and the projects that i have coming 
uh, will, will, I think, surprise a lot of people because mm. in their minds, it'll be like a, a new lane for me, whereas it's been something I've been doing forever. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, it, it, is it, it, but that's, not everyone would have known that, obviously. That's yeah. the thing, isn't it? Like, and that's the way I like it. Yeah. But does that, does that make it harder in some ways to, to make it happen? Uh, no, what? not really, um, because I think the proof is in the pudding. Um, I sort of believe quite strongly that if you want to do anything, the best thing you can do is have a proof of concept. Mm. So rather than saying, I want to do X, Y, Z, go out and do it, be rubbish at it, do it again, be a little yeah. bit better, be a little bit better, be a little bit better, and then go, okay, do you want to get on board with me and do this thing with me mm. and maybe even pay for it? Yeah, and yeah. when you're ready to actually show it to people, if they think you're a beginner and really you're not, you're instantly at a much further point. And that's kind of the way that it's worked for me. Yeah. I mean, obviously stand-up, Dane. That's like... Yeah. You, you could have been talking about stand-up for some of what you were just oh, saying sure. at the yeah, end there. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially, like, especially the fact that, like, once you begin to entertain the kind of, like, uh, these uh, uh, aspirations, then, yeah, it's like, I don't want to tell anybody because then if someone's somewhat funny, I don't... And, but then for me, it was just like, I don't know. I, when people, I told people I wanted to get into comedy, I think a lot of people were like, well, I don't know if you're that funny in that way. I think you're funny with us, but it's very <laughs> different on stage. When, and I didn't really think... By that time, I wasn't. I didn't feel crushed or anything by that because I was just at the point where, like, I'd probably researched it enough and done enough procrastination in mm. terms of building my self confidence and also obviously being an avid comedy fan and nerd and studying so many people. I was like, I mean, yeah, you say I'm not funny, funny, but I kind of know I am. So and and you know, this is a, and that's the thing. I suppose even when you are kind of articulating your your uh, dreams or your aspirations, is that for you to aff affirm what you consider your mm. positive attributes are. The human condition means people feel like, you know, that's uh, arrogance. Yeah. That you... It's a thin line yeah. between confidence and yeah. arrogance, isn't and it? And, and the thing is, I guess I guess the line is, if I have to uh, undermine someone else's in order to affirm my own, is arrogance. But that, that confidence, arrogance thing fascinates me in our creative mm. worlds, you know? Because, like, I can't help but think it's a construction that's kind of like a distress, it's this constant distraction, you know, like the, the social media helps facilitate that yeah. constantly mm. as much as we love all the people that follow us on Twitter. Mm. But like it, 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 I think it constantly confuses us because um, like, I don't know, take a joke that you, you know, your first show, Dane, like, you know, no, no matter what, right, there was something in you right then that had a thing to say about the, where you were from, right? Yeah. And that's the thing that you thought was funny and you say it and oh, enough people laugh at this. So I guess it's, but nobody ever needed to <laughs> add anything more to that you'd found the thing in you that yeah. you wanted to share and that and that whole kind of i suppose that's where success which we've all got to experience at some stage in our lives you know not everyone gets to yeah. obviously is what is what what complicates life i guess mm. as a creative well, thing success is all very subjective so sometimes people by yeah. insulting someone they perceive as successful is a success unto them in terms of the fact that like no one cares if dogs bark at the moon, but if the moon barks back. So that's probably where this culture of trolling comes from as well. Yeah. But, you know, we live in an era of opinions now. Mm. And very recently, even just in the conversation I was having on social media, someone was like, yeah, but just because someone shares a different opinion from you doesn't mean that blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, look, people say that opinions are like assholes because everyone's got one. But I'd like to add on to that and be like, they also contain traces of shit. And no one tends to, and no one tends to offer them in prison. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that the, the, the power is in having the confidence to do something. Yeah, uh, we, we all have things that we aspire towards, all have mm. things that we like or, or, or inspired by. But I think those that we look to and are uh, really appreciative of are the people that have the balls to actually do something. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I tried I, I tried stand up comedy. So oh, I, really? when I was 13, <laughs> uh, I did the big breakfast. Oh, cool. I did comedy store. Oh, nice. Um, and it's hard to get into the comedy store, Edge. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I mean, I tried it. 
and, and <laughs> I not? did it and it was all right yeah. and I just thought yeah this isn't for me and so yeah. I went in another lane but I knew that because like much like yourself I was so inspired by the Bill Burrs and Richard Pryors and you know yeah. they were people that really sort of opened my eyes to a different way of expressing yourself and as a kid I was trying to figure out how I'm going to get all of these ideas that I have in my yeah. head out and I don't know my advice for anybody that I mentor and I mentor quite a few people now is always the same thing try things mm. try and find a way to execute your ideas doing is everything yeah I, mean, I, I, yeah. I think you know that definitely applied to what you know you did Dane like yeah. you, you got up there and did I mean I, I also think there's like a happiness thing that's always complicated which is like it's that equation I think I've said it to you before which is happiness is uh, is reality minus expectation so like you will That's you know you, you know this is a good one isn't it? and it's like uh like because it's interesting i was looking at you 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 made a short that won a lovely award mm. uh london short film festival i remember when i was i was 24 i made a short and it was a piece of shit you can see this film <laughs> it is awful and it's terrible there's but you funny did moments in it and i did it and i got nominated for the best comedy at that london short film festival nice. and at that time i might i think i played it down to my friends because i was trying to be cool but i like when they sent, they made me go to the cinema to have the screening. I was like, "This is this is mental." They gave me yeah, free popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> this is sick. And then you know, you get older, expectation grows and grows and grows. And of you know, oh, I'll tell you, Reggie, same kind of thing. I remember when I first started doing comedy. Kojo mm-hmm. paid me fifty pounds to a show on Sunday, and my head almost exploded. At the comedy <laughs> funhouse. Yeah, my head almost exploded. Like fifty pounds to do yeah. comedy. Yeah. Are you mad? This is, I thought this is amazing. Like I, I was. Yeah, it blew my mind. Just to be I might have been there. Just, yeah, just to be paid. Just to be paid to do comedy like that kind of <laughs> blew my mind. And I, I think yeah, that maximum of happiness being yeah, uh, reality minus expectation. I think is uh, real so useful. But it's I'm, the hedonic treadmill. It's something we yeah, talked about this before. Exactly. The hedonic treadmill is this thing that keeps you wanting the next big thing. It's why mili- uh, billionaires are the least happy people because they haven't got anything to go or to lo- next. Or lottery winners are always like, I'm still going to go to work yeah. because, mm. you know, if you, I mean, the, the amount of time you've spent, you know, to defy the odds and win the lottery, it's like, once I guess you've kind of achieved that milestone, it's like, what else is left? Because you have to put a lot into that. But uh, yeah, the reason I asked the question is just because like, you know, uh, a lot of my contemporaries and my peers will be very complimentary about the work I've done. Mm. And I'm very grateful that they acknowledge it. But I always feel this, there's a kind of guilt I suppose because obviously because that's just you know working with my uh, other colleagues and and I, re- and I realized the hustle and I realized you know how much uh, the rigors of achieving in comedy mm. and how saturated it is so sometimes there's a little slight bit of guilt but for me it's just that I tr- I always am hesitant to acknowledge it because I don't want in my head to become complacent so it's definitely uh, a part where I always feel I don't ever almost to the point of where I, I'm afraid to entertain happiness because <laughs> I want to be like. But now you're relaxed. Now you think it's all good now, and like yeah. you've lost that hunger. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always worried about that. Like I'm always, you know, like Eminem when he was hungry he was better than when Eminem. Now he's like rich and stuff like that now and healthy. So yeah, that's why I kind of yeah, that's why I kind of ask. I suppose it's the self you got to perpetuate, isn't it? It's that yeah. thing of like always moving it forward, and and also it's like I think as well like when you're a creative person, uh, what a weird job. Let's be honest. Like yeah. a lot of the time, you know, I know. It's, different things when you're you know different kind of thing you've also done a lot of different things right yeah. but like when you're taking something that's inside your brain and then going i'm gonna take this out of my brain it's a magic trick and, yeah, and show it to someone way I, I see it yeah explain it to an alien yeah for me it's it's a magic trick like my favorite creatives uh be they artists or musicians or whatever they're people that are able to articulate themselves in some of the most beautiful ways so for instance take a painter like kindy wiley for instance or um, you know someone like Cause, or or even someone like Wretch, to be able to have a conversation 
and then go away and think about it and present a piece of art that represents mm. that conversation, that's a magic trick. Yeah, yeah. That is pulling something from the ether and making it tangible. It's yeah. incredible. Like, not everyone can do that. Well, it's why I always find that guy who we should have on the podcast, uh, the guy who runs Abandonment. I don't know if you've ever seen Abandonment. No. The, oh, yeah. Right. Rob Broderick. Oh, Rob Broderick. Yeah, who, who's, the, who's the improvised uh, Irish rapper right. who so he makes does, a show up. Oh, of, what's the dude's name? Do you know uh, the rapper Supernatural? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah the so freestyler. He, so he does like that. So he'll be picking up um, objects and this dude oh, raps about it. It's comedy. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, comedy. He does it with comedy and stuff as well. Oh, wow. But at the same time, Rob is a avid hip hop fan, a massive hip hop nerd. You know what the thing is as well? I'd say that. As great as all the, you know, there's a lot of perks from what we all do, right? Mm. There are some downs, <laughs> downs to it as well. Oh, but God, let's yeah. not, if you have, I'm not saying that the, the uh, nine to five or whatever you want to call that kind of work is easy in any way, mm. but there are, there are sometimes not the peaks and troughs. I call it the small print. Yeah. Because course, if yeah. you're going to get paid very well to do something you do for free, there's got to be a catch. Yeah. Oh, of course. And unfortunately, the catch to this thing, particularly if you're front of house. Yeah. It's a lot. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's hard, sure. and it can be really, really difficult. And I am not complaining at all because I take that small print mm, to, yeah. to 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 get up in the morning and go, "Oh shit, work doesn't feel like work today." Yeah. It's amazing. But do you sometimes? This is an interesting question for both of you. Do you sometimes forget that that it's you know the the the, the negative bit of, the, of like the drive of trying to make it happen gets it blinds you a little. I think when I get the frustration does come when I do feel uh, when there is a certain level of monotony to what I'm doing and I'm feeling some obligations and stuff that can be frustrating but again yeah you, you always kind of get over it by remembering that yeah I'm, what I'm dealing with is, with is with hard work and it's not a job see I always wonder that about comedians because uh, what I do is similar to you in a lot of ways but very mm -hmm. different at the same time so yeah. for instance you know if I'm making a, a doc documentary mm -hmm. uh, no two days are the same yeah I can be working on one project over the course of three weeks and I'll know that every day that I wake up it's going to be dramatically different I don't know what yeah. I'm going to walk into you'll spend a year mm -hmm. writing an hour. Yeah. And then you'll spend a year delivering that hour. Mm -hmm. What goes through your head when you get to month six of delivering that same <laughs> hour? See, myself personally, and Howard knows this, like to me, that's, it's the worst. I, I, I will change my material over that course yeah, for the sake always, of just mid tour. I'll, I'll always mix up, yeah, mid tour, yeah. Just just because I want to update it so references are more relevant, or I have a topper, which is a strong way to finish a joke. A or, topper, yeah. So you can that, is that not a porn on top term? Of the joke, isn't it? It's like an extra. Uh, I think that's a fluffer, okay, or a top, okay. depending on whichever categories you click on, Reggie. Which okay. is entirely your business. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> so, um, don't worry about my history. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no not at all. I, not I at browse all. on private. Yeah, uh, hey, look. If you could have your hard drive looked at and be embarrassed and not incarcerated, that's your choice, yeah, I say. Yeah. That's all good. I, I, yeah, I'm definitely the good. embarrassment lane. Yeah, it's fine. As exactly. long as you're embarrassed and not... You're not Feet? Yeah. What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's fine. For <laughs> I me, mean, that's fine. If you can be embarrassed but not prosecuted... Yeah. Balloons? What? Have, yeah, yeah, see? Even that. Even that, Howard. <laughs> no, I don't judge. My, I, 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 my job is to observe. But mm. um, I, I, I definitely, for the sake of you know maintaining that uh, air of creativity, even though I'm now involved in, in inverted commas show business, is that you know I always try and write new stuff. Just And also, you know, people... Someone asked me recently, like, what do you do for fun, though? And I'm like, I still enjoy doing this for fun. I like mm. writing new material and, and dissecting ideas and oh, the trying joy to find when new you ways find to find a new stuff. bit. The joy, yeah. the joy of finding... Once so, yeah, once you get it, it was yeah. funny. Fucking hell! It's, it's, you know it's what, so actually, I'm so glad I'm talking to you today. It's just popped back into my head. I saw uh, a Russell Peters interview the other day. Right, Breakfast Club one. Uh, no, Sway. And, okay, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I saw the I saw the Breakfast Club yeah. one. But the Sway interview, he speaks about Trevor Noah stealing his jokes. Mm. 
and I, I was heartbroken because I love Trevor Noah. Yeah. But when you see the bit side by side, it's like, oh, oh. Yeah, and apparently it's like three or four times. Yeah, but Ginny Ashray says that Russell Peters stole her He jokes. talks about it. He says, he says, I put my hands up yeah. and I'll say now that I stole the Panani joke from Gina Yashray oh, okay. seven or eight wow. years ago. He says, it's the only time in my career I've ever stolen a joke and I've apologized to Gina for it and I speak about it because yeah. I'm disgusted that I did it. Yeah. But what I did was I took the punchline and I made a whole like you made a hot line I made a hot song. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like okay, you yeah, made I like I made a whole thing behind it mm, and that's yeah. the punchline. Uh, but I've admitted to it. But this kid keeps stealing my stuff. He says, mm. um, and when you see the bits side by side, it's like oh, I love Trevor Noah. Yeah. I love Trevor. So Noah. have you had someone steal a joke from you? I have had jokes that sound very similar, not loads, but I've, there's been times when stuff seems similar or, or the premise does. Um, so, but that was the way I would try to remedy that is because the way there's a, almost like a hierarchy in comedy whereby whoever makes the TV first with a bit normally no. gets. To is that it. how it works? Yeah, so I if mean, you're on the I mean, up, you're kind so, of far as, so far as like on the on uh, where the public are concerned, so whoever they hear it from first or whoever it's, they see it most in media, that's the one that works. Whereas I guess among comics, people will know if not people stole stuff. Mm. Um, it's it's tough. I'd say for me, like I said, I've had stuff that seems similar, and there was one instance whereby another comic. With, was doing a bit on uh, Black James Bond and it sounded very similar and what I really re- what I realised is rather than them taking it is that if depending on how you approach a premise then people will arrive at very similar conclusions because no topic under the sun is necessarily new so anyway so basically for myself how I feel I remedy that is that so you know Dyson mm. so they say that instead of him like building the, all the parts are patented so you mm. can't build a Dyson they show the parts so for me it's not just a question of having a punchline the premise and the setup and even my uh uh, use of Lexis and malapropisms mm. make it to the point where it's very hard if someone wanted to plagiarise my stuff they'd have to lift that pie it wouldn't make sense by itself Right. Okay. so what I did instead is rather than oh people want to steal my stuff and worry about it for me it's A scarcity should never be a problem because whatever you take I've forgotten more material than you can steal and I can create new stuff that's how I that's how I want to do it it's like take it if you want because there's another yeah. there'll be another 10 yeah. better jokes that I will make for that sex. so I, I, I like the challenge mm. so for me it's like imitation is the most sincere form of flattery and like I said I just I just write whereby it's like so with the James Bond joke it was kind of like the joke was and, and it's fine it's like very hard for a black man to do espionage in a place like North Korea because you're going to stand out mm. so for me it was just like okay well that's where everyone else is going to take it let's take it somewhere else whereby it's like you know Maybe it's commentary on espionage as a whole. And the fact that, you know, would James Bond have family members? Like, I know the relationship between black people and the diaspora and authority. So he's going to be the pariah anyway. So it's like, yeah, I'm James Bond. You're a snitch is what you are, James. <laughs> you know, at the, at the dinner table kind of thing. So it's like, yeah, yeah, James, uh, he, he be getting girls. He can't do that shit without Aston Martin. So you just take it completely mm. somewhere else. And nice. that's always, and, and for me, it's just, that's, I guess, artistically speaking, especially with observational comedy, the payoff is really from the fact that you know people have, will draw, have preconceptions about you when you go on stage, mm. which is why a lot of comics open their sets by saying, I know what you're thinking. Mm. What mm. I would rather do is, instead of like, oh, I know what you're thinking, it's, let's just completely change the way people think in general. Mm. And I, I kind of, uh, yeah, work towards always meandering and always subverting people's ideas of where they think I'm going to go and what my narrative is going to be and, and just continuing to challenge people. Well, that was the, those were the questions. Those were the questions. Those they were, were some the questions. questions. Reggie, and thank you for coming in. Thank you so it's, much, man. You, uh, we plugged the podcast mm. already. Well, so yeah. Plug, do some more plugging. What else you want to plug? Well, yeah. I mean, if you've not heard the podcast, there's 10 episodes sitting there chilling. Yeah. So go back and check out Talk Stew on your iTunes nice. or on Deezer. It's all there for you now. Uh, in terms of what's coming out, I'm filming quite a lot of stuff. Um, so that'll all be out later on this year and early next year. I'm about to make a series um, 
in Los Angeles for the BBC, which is very exciting. Well, a one-off, sorry, and then a series in China nice. uh, mm. for Doc BBC stuff? Two. That's all doc stuff. Cool. But there's some really cool stuff happening with the drama nice. and with me as a writer director that I can't talk about. Ah. But I promise you, it's coming, and I can't I wait for it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Very well. Actually, there might be something we can talk about. Come to think of it, actually. I've got a, yeah, no, genuinely, I've got this ensemble thing. We've got a lot of people yeah. to fill. Yeah. I need some faces. Yeah, yeah, we, we're involved. looking forward to seeing all this stuff, mate. Yeah, we are, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, thank you for that. having me, man. Uh, thank you for fun. coming, man. And genuinely, a uh, real inspiration, man. And uh, it's good to see uh, your star continue to rise. Uh, even though, as far as you're concerned, it's pretty much like a blue giant or just a collection of gases yet. So it's not even there. Well, the weird thing is, you're saying all of this lovely stuff about me, but I'm the guy who's spoken about, well, I've introduced Chipper as a term to a lot of people well, um, and let's end it with just your, your catchphrase oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's begun <laughs>